We are in Ephesians chapter 5, 18 to 21. Please follow with me in the reading of the Holy Word of God. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Lord, I ask uh, that you would teach us this morning, that you would show us the wonder of your holy book. But Father, that you would overwhelm us with first our position in Christ. And when we can long for that, then we know that we will live practically. So Father, as Paul is instructing these believers in the church in Ephesus, instructed believers across the millennial, Lord, I ask that you would teach us this day, that we would hear you and uh, be filled with the Spirit. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, I shared with you that this is a contrast between drunk and spirit-filled. Okay, and I gave you several months ago. The basic thing is, is that what is your influence? And then I've been kind of getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it. In this contrast between the way the pagans worship and the way Christians are to worship is a command. He literally is saying, don't do it the way the pagans do it. Do it now in the spirit of the living God. 18 to 21. (laughs) I'm still not going to get out of 18 today. And I don't know how long I've been in verse 18. It's loaded. And I, I hate to break the news to you. Verse 18 is the center of the Christian life. Your whole entire Christian life is based on one little verse. It's a contrast to commands. And I know that you guys have seen it. I've seen it. People who profess Christ, but it do, do they possess Him? And, and I see this a lot as a pastor. I remember when I first was ordained, the big thing was tongues. And I mean, you could start a cat fight on tongues anywhere you went. It was kind of fun. That's blasé now. Okay. But you want to start a cat fight? Challenge someone's life up to get scripture. You say you're saved. How's come it don't look like that? I have this conversation, I bet, once a day. You know, some of these people ain't saved. Well, I know what I believe. Well, that's good. You know, well, I believe in a God. Well, he might not be a very big God, because you're living like the devil. What? Well, but I believe in God. I said, well, you created in your own image. 
Okay, but listen, I'm not going to go to heaven and have Jesus say, Terry, these three people you knew were not reflecting me and you never said nothing to them. And it's one of the most astonishing things I've ever seen. And I hear pastors making excuses for it. Well, you just don't know what they're going through. Now, wait a minute. You can take goofy old Peter and he can deny Christ three times. And 40 days later, go to the very people who murdered him and say, you murdered him. What must we do to be saved? Repent and believe. What changed? Apostle Paul was headed to Damascus to arrest Christians. He had the papers, the warrants for these people. And the next time they seen him after Damascus... Do you suppose they noticed anything different? What's the difference between that and when you and I get saved? There isn't. Actually, we should be ahead of them. They didn't have the New Testament. They were working on it. But we've got it. And that's that being filled. We looked at this. Okay, And then I showed you the, a companion text to it, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. And then you look at what happens. It's the same list that you see what happens after being spirit-filled. I shared with you Peter. When he was close to Christ, whew, when he separated from Christ, he was a mess. Right? So if I'm going to be filled with the Spirit, what do I need? I need to be Christ conscious. I mean, Peter just wanted to get close to Him. You as a believer are in Him. That's like really, really close. And are you conscious of Him? Have you ever heard anybody who says they're a believer and says, but I'm lonely? I try my best. Most of the time I'm successful. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. You're being strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit so Christ can dwell in you richly and be at home in you. And then God, fullness, will be there. Sounds crowded. How can you be lonely? We saw this over and over two weeks ago. You know, I think about Peter. God bless him. When he was next to Jesus, he could do miraculous things. He could say miraculous things. He had miraculous courage. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're doing, saying, and standing in the miraculous. It's amazing to me. It's an interesting parallel if you think about it. When Peter was near Christ, or when Peter was filled with the Spirit, they had the same results. Now, what's the difference between the spirit that was in Peter and the spirit that is in you? 
See what I mean? That, that's, to me, that's, whoa, whoa. That's what Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3 is telling us. There is no difference. To be filled is not an ecstatic boom. Okay, it's no supernatural zap. And all of a sudden you have whoo, spiritual hair or something. It is to be filled. The original text says, be being filled. It means that I got to keep being filled. I shared with you two weeks ago. How do I do that? Let the word of Christ dwell in me richly. That will drive you to prayer. Then you will hunger and thirst for righteousness and you will want to be around the saints of God so that you can encourage them and they can encourage you. And then you can stand and you will be spirit filled. It's no more complex than that. It is to live a moment by moment life with the conscious presence of Jesus Christ foremost in your thinking. Would Jesus do this? Okay. I remember one year, years ago, I was in a preaching worship. It's called Practical Preaching in Memphis. And there were some, whoa, really smart people there. But there was eight of us in a group that was our class that had gone through, I don't know, six or seven weeks of this. And uh, so we had to do this sermon. Well, I, I, I didn't know you could do one you already did. So I had kind of had been studying First Thessalonians, so I did a sermon out of Thessalonians. And of course, when they asked, "Okay, what order do you want to go in?" I boom. First, why? I want this over with. <laughs> okay. And uh, so I was sitting in the back. Uh, they were Heather Olford had asked me what music that I wanted, and I gave her a couple of songs out of the hymn book that I knew, and I. I thought, well, this would give me some courage or something. And so I sat next to this one secretary, and me and her hit it off pretty good. She's a, she's silly, and I'm sillier. So she says, are you nervous? And I said, yes, I'm nervous. She says, well, I don't understand why you'd be nervous. I said, all these pastors are going to grade me? I mean, I had Stephen Olford, David Olford, a guy named uh, Randall. You guys heard this other guy's name, uh, Used to be at Bellevue Baptist Church, but now he's in glory. Adrian Rogers. He got all, I want his voice. Anyway, all these guys are going to critique your sermon. And I said, yeah, I'm nervous. She said, well, I don't know why. She says, you preach before Christ every Sunday. Yeah, but he ain't sitting there taking notes. (laughs) There's a huge difference. But, if you're spirit filled, I've seen it. I've seen it in these eight guys. Phenomenal guys. But you could tell spirit filled preaching. And you know, they all come back and say, Well, that's my best sermon. What'd you think? You've already preached that? Oh, I got railroaded on that one. I didn't know you could preach something you already preached. When I think about the spirit-filled life, I think about Christ's life and I have a Christ consciousness. I'm thinking about Him and everything that I'm doing. 
in everything I'm doing. It's having your thoughts controlled by the conscious presence of Jesus Christ. Christ is real. He is there. He is present. It's moment by moment. Because it fleets. Even if you say it doesn't, it does. Uh, I was leaving yesterday. I had to go down to get gas. So me and my infinite wisdom, I've got a one-ton dually pickup that without four-wheel drive is a toboggan. And I decide I'm going to go down this hill right here, go down the alley and over. And, of course, Chris has got all his trucks parked out there and all sound. I'm just going down to there going, this ain't going to end well, is it? <laughs> so I wonder if I put it in reverse if it'll try. <laughs> Basically, I drove it up in the gravel and made the corner. Okay? I wasn't Christ conscious at that time. I did say the word Jesus, though. (laughs) Listen, this interest, I want you to understand this, is in the now. It's present. This Christ consciousness, this spirit-filled, is now. It's moment by moment. Is your life controlled by the Holy Spirit now? Right now. I'm not talking about in a half an hour. I'm not talking about when you woke up this morning. I'm talking about now. That's what the Apostle Paul's trying to get us to get a hold of here. That's the issue. You only live now. You'll never live in the future. Future Tomorrow never comes. You don't live in the future. You can't live in the past. Although a lot of people work at it. But you can't live in it. You always live right here, right now. This moment. That's what you get. That's what 518 is trying to get at us. Be being kept continuously moved, controlled by the Holy Spirit. Remember I told you the word filled? It's like the sails of a ship. It moves me. This is how we live the Christian life. This is how we fulfill Paul's plea in 4.1. I urge you, walk worthy. How do you walk worthy? Be filled with the Spirit. Here's the thing. You see these people, they may have solid doctrine, but they still look like the lost. I can tell you what's wrong. If they're truly saved, I can tell you what's wrong. They're in control. Or they think they are. And they're doing it. How many times as a pastor have I heard, I've done that. I'm trying that. I can, that's that. I'm, I know that. I just need to do it. Well, if you could do it, he'd have never had to die for you. 
See, that's the difference. I must decrease. He must increase. If he makes a command to me, I know he's already given me the resources to do it. Okay. The command is be filled with the spirit. So he must have given me the resources to do it. But yet inevitably, if you don't believe me, go look at the letter to the church in Ephesus in Revelations. You got solid doctrine, you challenge false prince, you're growing, everything you're doing everything right. But you've lost your first love. You know what that means? All that stuff that you see listed there, the testing of the prophets, you know, the challenging, the growing, the doing good deeds, they were doing. Because if you've lost your first love, then it's you doing it. Are your thoughts God's thoughts? Are your ways His ways in as much as possible? Christ Himself dominate our thinking. That is how you are filled with Spirit. That's what produces the Spirit. Now then, if you've ever received a book from me, you know it's for me, whether I write my name in it or not, because it's always got this verse in it. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. I remember I wrote an article on this. I have preached on this. It's, I don't, this verse, when I first hit it, was just like, bam! You're like, well, little stars and, and all kind of weird stuff. Okay, here's what it says. But we all, I like that. You know what that means? If you're from Tennessee, it's wins. Okay. But we all, with unveiled face. You know what that means? There's nothing hampering what I'm looking. Okay, I got clear. Just, there we go. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Okay? You know what he just said? Think about what he just said there. Ask yourself if you believe the Bible. He says, because and the, the unveiling of the face has to do with the new covenant. Okay, because he's contrasting the old covenant to the new covenant. All right, because of this new covenant, that veil that hid Christ from men has been removed. And when you look in a mirror, okay, we all look in a mirror. What do you see? When you look in a mirror, according to this text, you should see the glory of the Lord and it is transforming you from glory to glory in Christ 
the Spirit. See, I see, I get goosebumps when I just... I can't help it. I'm sorry. That To me, that is... I'm, I look and behold, I'm being transformed from the wretched man that I am into the glory of Jesus Christ. Believe the Bible? That is Christ's consciousness. It, it leads to Christ-likeness. You ever heard that? Christ-likeness. Remember the prayer in Ephesians 3? May you be strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit so that Christ will dwell will be at ease and at home in you, and you will know the abundance of God and do exceedingly amazingly beyond what you can ever think or imagine. You ever thought about that? But if I behold in the mirror and being transformed from glory to glory, whoa, I remember that verse was running through my ears. I was in uh, Bethsaida or Capernaum. One of the two. It's across from where everybody said was Peter's house. Or at least the Catholics said it was Peter's house. Okay. There's a synagogue. And that's the synagogue that Jesus preached in. And I went in there and the group that I was with, they asked me to bring them a message. And I preached something that I knew. No. <laughs> and then I walked out and I broke down. I mean, I, I cried like a baby. I just preached where Jesus Christ preached. I don't even have a word for that. That is when the fullness of God is doing exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can think or imagine. Really? Me? I, you, don't, I mean, you don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. And if I go back to Ephesians 1, he planned that before he made creation. When you are filled with the Spirit, you become like Christ. Think about it. Wonder what he was afraid of. Wonder what Jesus was anxious for. See, you can start taking just normal things and think, okay, I'm a little nervous about this. Why? I'm sure Christ would have been. No, not really. Not really. I mean, uh, I don't know. Moment by moment, absolute commitment in my thinking. And in my thinking, I let the Word dwell richly 
and let the Spirit lead, and it will guide you to eventual maturity. Listen, I'll make this as easy as I can. Okay, because some of you are like, you know, dude, you're flirting with disaster right there. I'll give you this. It's very simple. How much time do you spend in the Bible daily? That's how spirit-filled you are. Or you're not. Think about how much time you spend in the world. So, what do you look like? See? I wish it was more complicated. I've looked and looked. I've thought, There's got to be more to this than just reading the Bible. No. Just reading the Bible. And it will dwell richly in you. Listen, I've asked this question to a number of different people over the course of my ministry. Why did God save you? So I can go to heaven. Get free things. Okay? No. Write this down. Remember this one. Romans 8.29 You were saved to be conformed into the image of Christ. That's why you were saved. God's going to show His power. Why? I'm going to take that worm and turn it into the holiness of my Son. And you guys don't think I ain't powerful? That's why you were saved. is to be conformed into the image of His beloved Son. A a thing that I've had to completely change my ideology and my thinking on is, uh, have you ever seen when people first get saved? Everybody prays, right? Everybody, I mean, you know, protect us and keep it and let us grow. And and, I mean, you've got an army of prayer warriors around this newborn. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that's not what I'm saying. They're so fragile, right? Pray. What about those who have had time and battle and even bear scars? Who do you think needs more prayer? You ever thought about that? I've got a list of pastors that I, I highly respect. And I pray for them every day. Because they're eyeball deep in things you and I don't even want to comprehend. And you know what? The bigger impact you have on the lost, the bigger bullseye they put on your back. And you better be, be aware of that. I think about some just the goofy things that I've have to do and have had to deal with. And I'm like, man, if Paul said, who's adequate for this? Lord, this is nuts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Remember I shared with you Stephen last week. The stones were starting to crush him. He was filled with the Spirit, and he gazed upon the glory of God in heaven, and Jesus at his right hand, and his accusers just got mad at an old wet hen and killed him. And he, as he was dying, he says, 
don't hold this charge against them. The only way you'll ever pull that off is spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. See, that, that is the key, brothers and sisters, to our victory. For us to know joy, fruitfulness, usefulness, is this command. Be spirit-filled. Not intoxicated like the pagans. Spirit-filled. You're not like the pagans anymore. Our resources, our power, our communion are the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's a way of life. And we are to keep being filled. Okay, Holy Spirit's there. He is there. 100%. He's all there. Now you've got to let Him dominate. It's a moment-by-moment dependency. That we yield to the Holy Spirit. I shared with you two weeks ago. You know, we can grieve Him. We can quench Him. And none of those are going to be to your benefit. Walking worthy is walking in the Spirit. It's just like children. You see them, they stand up on the edge of something. Then all of a sudden they kind of shuffle around a coffee table or a chair or something like that. And then the next thing you know, you can't catch them. Okay, but we see the process of, look, he rolled over in that cutie was rolled over. Oh, look, it's up on its hands and knees. Oh, my God, it's on the furniture. Oh, my God, I don't know where it's at. That's walking in the spirit, brothers and sisters. You got to roll over first. You gotta get up on your hands and knees. You gotta stand up. You gotta kind of walk around something, keep your balance, and then you're gonna hit the ground running. The spirit controlled life is one that yields every step to the spirit of the living God. All of my decisions. When do I get up for the alarm? When do I set the alarm? What am I going to wear today? Now, he has a problem dressing me every once in a while. But the rest of it, he's pretty much got down. Am I following in his tracks? I told you this over and over. When I open my eyes in the morning, first thing I say is, Lord, let my hands be about your work and my feet be on your path. And then I make coffee. (laughs) Because he evidently likes coffee. He takes me right straight to that coffee maker thing. The only way I can know where his tracks are is to be controlled by the Word of God. When I read the Word of God, I used to I wonder what that meant. Was that historical? What was that going to do? I don't even do that anymore. When I read the Word of God, it's amen and amen. And I leave it at that. One step at a time, spirit controlled. So I want to give you show you something here. Uh, If you're in Ephesians, back up just a few pages to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say walk by the Spirit. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Hmm. 
Hmm. I already showed you what walking in the Spirit, right? Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. And you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. One step at a time, we walk in the Spirit. We are under the control of the Spirit. And the word here, I say walk by the Spirit, is written in a way that literally says, keep on walking in the Spirit. And look what happens. The way to defeat sin in your life, the way to defeat evil desire, the way to defeat the temptations of Satan, walk in the Spirit. Just continue to walk in the Spirit. The positive takes care of the negative. There's nothing in here about binding or casting, or wrestling, or battling, or casting out. You don't go out there and arm wrestle demons. You don't go throat punch Satan. Just walk in the Spirit. Huh. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Verse 17. For the flesh sets its desires against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. I mean, that's a condensed version of chapter 7 of Romans. See, the flesh, whenever I hear that word, the flesh is where Satan lands. Okay, I mean, if you wanted to use a military term, that's his beachhead, is your flesh. And yet I can kick him off the beach by walking in the Spirit. That is that part of our humanity, the flesh, that is exposed to the capabilities of sin. Even though I'm redeemed, even though I'm in Christ, even though all things have become new, even though I'm a new creature, the human earthen vessel still has the possibility of sinning. I can prevent that by walking in the Spirit, and I do that by letting the Word of Christ dwell in me richly. Satan has three plays he runs against Christians. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Think about it for a second. Aren't those all flesh? That's how he trips us up. Okay? But, if I'm renewing my spirit with the Word of God, and it's dwelling in me richly, I win. I mean, this is that text in Romans 7, I don't do the things I want to do, and I do the things that I don't want to do. Oh, wretched man that I am. He just did it faster here in Galatians. I always tell people, Galatians is the book of Romans, except he's mad. You know, you, you don't usually elongate things when you're mad. You just... Got it? Okay, and that's what Galatians is. 
he fought with himself. I hear people tell me about doing battles with demons and this, that, and the other. And I'm sitting there going, wow, man, I wake up with one. I'm my own worst enemy. And I'm always battling. It's annoying. You can have this wonderful victory and all of a sudden, what was that? We have all of this that we need. The way to deal with it is not fighting. Because I hear Christians, I have tried that. I've been doing that. Nothing has happened that. And I'm sitting there going, that's the problem. Stop it. Let him get out of the way. Let the word dwell in you richly. Just walk in the spirit. If you walk controlled by the spirit of God every moment of every day, you will have a Christ consciousness. And because you're feeding on the word, if you're feeding on the word, then what is it you think you're thinking about? I have a quote here. I don't remember who said it. I just have it. Weird how that works sometimes. Quote, The Bible is meant to be bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. Unquote. You won't have a problem with the flesh. Your mind... Listen, do you realize this is a simple fact? Your mind can't be occupied by two masters at one time. You know, it's no temptation that sees you except that is common to man. And God is faithful to provide a way of escape so you may stand under it. You know what the problem with that text is? We always focus on the temptation instead of looking for the exit door. There's an exit door on this thing. Where is it? Well, look at this temptation. Well, look for the exit. You can't concentrate on Christ and concentrate on a temptation at the same time. So, Paul tells us in Galatians, there's a war. The Holy Spirit and the flesh, they oppose to each other. You know what? The, the, the drag is to give in to the flesh is easy. Doesn't take much resistance. And when you're trying to be filled with the Spirit, when you're trying to walk in the Spirit, then you understand that it is not natural to you. If you don't study Scripture, if you don't spend time in prayer, you won't. Walk in the Spirit. Don't yield control of your life to the flesh. And and I hear it. You know, I'm doing it my own way. I worship my own way. I'm doing my own thing. Verse 19, the deeds of the flesh are evident. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing. They're seen. First part of it is sexual sin. 
in idolatry. Sorcery is the pharmakeia. It has to do with altering yourself to see visions or deeper communion. Enmities, battles, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension. Anytime I see this going on in a church, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. If there's disputes in the church, if there's dissension in the church, if there's jealousy in the church, if there's factions in the church, somebody ain't reading their Bible. These are fruit of the flesh. Fruit of the flesh. I call it characteristics of the lost. Can't be how we live. But if I surrender to the flesh, I don't have to let the Spirit control my life. I don't have to walk in His power. Ask yourself a simple question. What will happen? I can tell you, verse 18, it's implied. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If I'm not led by the Spirit, what does that mean? I am under the law. Something that I read years ago, I've heard it repeated a couple of different times, is that the true man of God lives by the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. Okay, the letter of the law are the legalist. They are the annoying ones. They always want a verse so they can beat somebody in the head with it. The spirit of the law, love the Lord your God, follow your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Huge difference. Huge, huge, huge difference. If I am not under His Spirit, then I have to be willing to accept um, God's retribution. Okay? Walk in the Spirit, and I will escape God's chastening. If you do the things of the flesh, then you get the consequences of violating God's law. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit. Walk Spirit yielded. Every day you take in His Word richly. Every day you spend time in prayer. Every time you concentrate on Christ's presence. Every day you yield your desires to the Spirit of the living God. What happens? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Look what he says then. Against such things, there is no law. (laughs) You don't have to carry, well, you know, today I was thinking about stealing something. Uh, I'm going to lie on my taxes because they lie to me. No, man, I don't have to worry about it. I like the word joy because it's not happiness. Happiness is based on happenstance. 
joy is something that you have that comes out of your heart and it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can't touch it. <laughs> Wasn't that a song? Can't touch this or something like that. Fruit of the Spirit, characteristic of your life. There is no law. There is no law. Well, you can't do that. You can, can you eat that? Can you dress like that? There's no law. I mean, the Old Testament tells me I shouldn't wear wool and cotton together. If you've ever done it, you know why. I've done it. I used to ski that way. Couldn't understand why I was so miserable by the end of the day. Because cotton was next to my skin. I was sweating like crazy. And the wool was on the outside insulating everything. So I was just miserable. But I didn't want that wool sweater scratching me. This was way back before <laughs> there was any <laughs> some of the stuff they got out there now. There was no such thing as Gore-Tex when I was doing this. Okay. Do few are spirit controlled. There is no law. You do that and they'll never fall under the broken law. There are no consequences of condemnation. And you know what? You'll find out your conscience is at ease. Do you want to live a happy and meaningful life? Joyous, peaceful? Walk in the Spirit. Verse 25 is sort of like the summary of all of this. If we live by the Spirit... Let us also walk by the Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, that is your position. Why don't you walk according to your position? It doesn't make sense of living in the Spirit and walking in the flesh. Okay? If you wanted Christ to begin with you, Don't you want him more now? When you started your walk, didn't you want Christ to save you? Well, shouldn't you want him more now? That's what I was going back to the men who are in the battle and have been consistently for long periods of time. They need our prayers. Because they need to be more in the Spirit now than they were a week ago or a month ago, year ago. If you have begun in the Spirit, are you now perfected in the flesh? And yet how many try that? If you live in the Spirit, then walk in Him. This is the same as Ephesians 5.18. Live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. How? Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. I'm going to keep hammering that because that's the key. God wants us controlled by Him. 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. I see a pattern. And I will behold as in a mirror, being transformed from glory to glory as unto Christ in the Spirit. Kind of a roundabout way of getting to Spirit-filled, huh? But you know what I like now? They, none of you got an excuse not to be. <laughs> Love me, don't you? <laughs> That's what it's all about. You want to make a difference for eternity? Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Through His Word. Through His Word. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your holy book. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your Spirit and Your people. And Lord, I thank You for uh, the Bride of Christ, Your church. Lord, help us. Help each of us to walk. Father, I ask that every person that hears this message that You will put a supernatural hunger for Your Word in each of them that cannot be quenched to sight of glory. So help us, Father. Help us to pray for one another. Help us to love one another. And Father, help us to be strengthened in the inner man so that our Savior will be comfortable in us and the abundance of God that we will know. And you will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ever think or imagine. We love you, Father. And thank you. In Christ's precious name. Amen.